Jimmy, Jimmy Crane, Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Jimmy Crane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Oh, Jimmy. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Corrine, and you're listening to another episode of Improv Nerd, sponsored by the good people at Hotel Lincoln. The next time you find yourself here in the city of Chicago, and you're looking for a cool boutique hotel that's close to everything, it's right around the corner from Second City, it's across the street from the beautiful Lincoln Park Zoo, and it's just minutes away from Chicago's Loop, check out the official hotel of Improv Nerd, that's the Hotel Lincoln. And if you're in Chicago and you're looking for an improv workshop or an improv class, check out my award-winning improv classes, The Artist Low Comedy. I have got a one-day, two-person scene tune-up on April 5th. I've got an advanced Artist Low Comedy class starting April 12th. And I've got an intermediate Artist Low Comedy starting April 14th. All my classes are limited to 12 people, so you get plenty of stage time and personal attention. And for more information, just go to jimmycorain.com. That is my website, jimmycorain.com. I think you're really going to love this episode, especially if you're into satirical or topical comedy, stuff like Weekend Update, The Daily Show, Colbert Report, The Onion. We've got three of the cast members from World News Tonight, Megan O'Neill, Patrick Connolly, and Brooke Bright. And if you haven't seen World News Tonight, they have been around for a little over 10 years, and they play every Saturday night at the I.O. Chicago here. Each week, they take right out of the paper, the actual newspapers, they have a pile of newspapers at the beginning of the show, and they improvise off those stories. Uh, They are quick, they are smart, they are funny, they are thoughtful, uh, and they've had some, they have a wonderful cast now, they've had people like Jordan Klepper in the cast, who is now the newest, he was just hired for The Daily Show as one of their correspondents, Sarah Haskins, uh, when I saw the show, she was in it, and Sarah went on to create um, uh, Trophy Wife, which is on ABC, Steve Waltine, who's on Main Stage, so they have quite a history. Before we go on to that, I, I just want to share something really quickly. And I, I am, I'm overwhelmed by the response I got. I am grateful for the response I got. Last week I wrote this blog called I Want to Quit Improv. And I have never written a blog that has gotten so much attention. I got like 30 comments. And I'm not talking about, you know, hey, good job, Jimmy. I'm talking about people really could relate to this. And they wrote thoughtful and lengthy responses. Now... Some people, I think, um, felt that I really was going to quit improvisation. And I say this because uh, not only do I I do a podcast and and I write a blog, but I also teach classes. Um, And so I I just want to say that today, as I record this, I don't feel like quitting improv. And uh, I want to thank you for your support and your encouragement. And as my wife pointed out to me, my process is this. Uh, I will, when I'm writing the blog, I'm, I'm definitely in that space of I want to quit improv. And then two or three days later, when the blog is released on my website, uh, then I, I'm, I'm usually over it. And so um, for those that were concerned about me quitting improv, I can tell you today I am still staying in improvisation. Uh, and improvisation is the same thing as improv. I just want to let you know. Improvisation, to me, sounds so pretentious, but 
I don't know. Sometimes it just comes out that way. Anyways, enough about me. I love you guys so much. Uh, I think you're really going to love these guys. You're gonna, so here is World News Tonight, Megan O'Neill, Brooke Bright, and Patrick Connolly. so much for being here and, and being good sports uh, for tonight. This is just is great. This is the first show that we're here at the DeMott studio. And uh, is it DeMott Theater Studio? And, and Martin was actually one of my teachers away long ago. It's, it's so weird to see his picture out there. It looks, it's a very cheesy picture of Martin. He wasn't that cheesy in real life. <laughs> Megan, I want to start with you. Um, you began improvising in high school. I'm old, so I mean, we, we just, we barely had a theater department there. Uh, what was it like improvising in high school? Uh, it was great. I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh-huh. and I think we were kind of progressive in the, in the arts front, that mm-hmm. they had an improv group starting probably in the early 90s. So I kind of grew up seeing it and seeing it in high school and thinking, oh, that's what I want to do, the same way I would see school plays and be like, I want to be in those. So when I got into high school, I auditioned and I did that. And it was great. Like, looking back on it now, it was so stupid and embarrassing. And we... What was, like, an embarrassing <laughs> you were going to say? We performed at lunch. We didn't well, That's perform- a great time to do it. <laughs> great time. Perform- we didn't perform at night, like, a show or anything. Uh-huh. We performed uh, the last... 30, like 20 minutes of the lunch period. Yeah. And we would like cram our lunch in our face for like the first five minutes. Then we would do a warm up. And then we would perform for 20 minutes in the black box theater for all the students who would also just cram their lunch in their face to come in and see the show. And uh, I like the, my shining moment of one show was when we were playing. We only played short form games. Okay. Because you didn't have time to do long we form. Know. Yeah, we the bell would ring. We did not know what that was. Right. Um, and I made a reference to one of my classmates who is this like super like kind of spoiled rich kid named Frank Askew. Oh, Frank. Had, we all remember Frank. one brand new car that he got for his 16th birthday and then got another one. And I made like a joke about him and everyone went bonkers. <laughs> and I like rode a wave of awesomeness the rest of the day. Like I was going to chemistry class and people were like, nice Frank Askew bit. And, were you popular because of that? <laughs> oh, you weren't. <laughs> A day. Okay. A day. I was popular for a day. It's yeah. such a great feeling. And then the next morning, you're back. Next morning, I'm just, I was like, I was medium. I wasn't like crazy popular. I wasn't a nerd, but right. I would have like moments of rock starness for the rest of the school day after my lunchtime shows. I was just invisible. Now, Patrick, I mean, you've done everything. You've done Mission Improbable. Okay, you do short form with them. You tour with them. Right. Uh, we do a lot of lunchtime shows and cafeterias. <laughs> yes. um, you do satirical and topical with World News Tonight, and you've been on many Herald teams. If I would say to you, you could do any show that you wanted, based on the experience you have now, what kind of show would you do? Improv show. Well, uh, I, I'm actually sort of projecting that right now. There's, there's a few groups that I've sort of stopped in and I've been coaching the last few months. And I've sort of been projecting sort of the show I would want to do onto them at times. Um, That's good to project on them and not ask for what you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, to me, one of, the, one of my biggest things is there's so many things that we sort of take for granted as conventions of improv, uh, the, the, the sweep edit, um, the, uh, uh, the tag out and such. And one of the things that uh, I'm really big on is things that are more theatrical in terms of their presentation. Uh, I guess a big part of it for me is sort of blending that idea of, of theater where you have that very presentational, uh, very clean style that uh, isn't mired down by the, the classic, you know, coming out in uh, khakis and New Balance sneakers and uh, an untucked polo shirt. <laughs> 
and doing like a slow jog across the stage after every scene, but actually putting on a show. So that's, for me, that's one of my, I guess, I guess that's it, is to do something more theatrical, sort of blending the two. Um, and what would, uh, you also do theater. I mean, you did uh, Hairspray right. uh, on, on a ship. Uh, what was the best part of being on a boat doing Hairspray? <laughs> Uh, it was it was basically like living in someone else's vacation. Uh, the is there a lot of older people? <laughs> yeah, it's everything. Uh, the, the ship we were on is one of the two biggest cruise ships that was ever built. It was mm -hmm. the Oasis of the Seas, which has uh, uh, about 6,000 passengers and 2,300 crew. Mm -hmm. um, and the theater where we did Hairspray was a, uh, uh, about a, a 13 or 1,400-seat uh, house. Um, and uh, we only did three shows. We did about 3,900 so 3, of the 6,000 people because we had people who had never seen a, a stage show before. We had people uh, who had never seen a show in English before, who uh, had never been to the United States, and the first time that ever uh, had anyone speak English to them was when they got up off the plane in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and so a big part of that was sort of uh, every single show was such a strange experience where you were performing classic American Broadway musical theater about uh, you know uh, racial tensions in Baltimore in the 1960s, uh, you know to uh, 2,000 uh, Brazilians who are kids in the air. How do you think they would have played in Megan's high school? Kill City. Kill City. One good Frank reference in your set. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Brooke, you perform the Annoyance I.O. Second City. Mm -hmm. What is it that you like about performing in each of those theaters? Uh, I love them all for for different reasons. Like I, I hadn't been performing at I.O. in a while, and then when I, I joined World News Tonight about a year ago, so this show's been running for a long time, and I was lucky enough to join um, past year. I'd understudied for a couple years. And I love um, the ensemble feel of that and being with a group of people that you trust and can just get out there. And it's, it really is that group mind type feel that you know if you don't have a piece of it, someone else is going to come in with the puzzle piece to like fill in the thought that you've, like I'll often go out with like a grand uh, initiation and then be like, look at my face, like that's all, <laughs> that's, that's it, what you got, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I love Second City. Uh, I, I toured for three years, and I love doing those shows and the creating stuff through improv and working on scripts through the improvisation. Like that's a super fun process to me. And then Annoyance is, is kind of like a home to me because I love that anything goes. Um, I love the shows that I do there because they're not necessarily like the dirty. Yeah, they can be dirty sometimes, but it is that feeling that anything is possible like I as long as you believe in it and, and put it out there and, and has integrity with it that the audience will buy it too what's the best bar of those three to hang out at <laughs> I think the best I think the annoyance bar mm -hmm. because it's separate than the fee I love the the build of it because it's separate than the theater so it's like people will just come hang out in the bar and then you can go in the show is kind of its own separate thing so there's not the noise from the bar so in my opinion that's the and the I drink like prices Great. 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 Okay. Really good. I'm not talk, a huge drinker, so right. I don't know. Uh, we talked before, uh, just before we went on, the, uh, your husband, Josh, is mm -hmm. a big casting Super director. big time. Super like big. really big right. time. Um, do you ever like, what is it like, because uh, he was an actor before that, uh -huh. what is it like being married to uh, a casting director? Do you, like, <laughs> if there's an audition, do you think, oh, get me on that? Do you ever... He never he never brings me in on things that like I wouldn't be good for. Okay. So like I mean like <laughs> so 
so many things that I wish. I was like, come on. It's like, right. no, I'm not good for it. That's not. Well, we have been on auditions at the yeah, same time. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, we go for the same parts. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, and uh, <laughs> type. Type. You, know, yeah. you just go with what you got. Right. And uh, no, it's, it's actually, I was telling Megan earlier, it keeps me sane because it's very easy to go crazy in this business and uh-huh. be like, what's wrong with me? Like, why is things this way? Why am I not getting this? Why am I getting this? I don't understand. And he's so like, you realize like it's completely out of your control and asinine to like worry about that stuff because he sees the other side of things that we as actors don't get to see the conversations after you leave the room and like the things that are said and like how much of it depends on like little things that there was nothing else you could do. It's not that you're a bad actor. It's that you just weren't it. You know, they tell you that all the time. It's subjective. Yeah. You could have been the sister that, that he hate. you know, the director hated or whatever. But it still doesn't make it any easier, no, does it? No, it doesn't. I still ask him, like, a million. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. Like, it just, let it go. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's very grounding. that hard about it. You're no, right. Hard about it. Yeah, exactly. It takes me like three days to get over a, yeah. an audition. Because you're the most important to you. You're the most important part of that audition. Right. You've seen like three hundred people. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, tell us, Patrick, uh, about uh, the first act of World News tonight. How that structured. Uh, for the beginning of our show, uh, before the show even begins, as the audience walks into the theater, uh, we have a table with uh, safety scissors so no one hurts themselves, and uh, uh, <laughs> newspapers and magazines with uh, uh, that weekend's news, so uh, Newsweek, uh, Tribune, um, Red Eye, as news, uh, loosely. Um, and uh, the audience is invited to cut out uh, a headline and the first few paragraphs of any articles that they think are interesting, or just anything they'd like to hear more about, and then they pin them to a bulletin board uh, on the stage. And then for the actual show, uh, throughout the show, we actually pull down the articles and we'll read them as if it's a newscast and then uh, base our scenes off of those articles. Now, do you have to, Megan, be like uh, watching CNN and all that to, to, to do this show or can you just uh, make it up? I go the make it up strategy. Okay. Um, when I and first, how's that working? It's, it's dynamite. It's okay. dynamite. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, pref- like, I, you know, keep loosely informed on the world, um, you know, via e-news and <laughs> pretty much e-news and people.com and right. whatever Jon Stewart says is funny about the presidential election. Um, but I, I prefer not to be like a super news geek about it because I think it's fun to like get out there and if I want to play Condoleezza Rice as something totally off the mark, I feel like that's more fun and people are going to enjoy it more than if I'm really trying to do my most honest impersonation of someone. And like we, you know, there's a few staples that everyone goes to, like, you know, a few of the fellas have their Barack Obama or, you know, years, a few years ago it was everybody had their Bush. And for the most part, it was such a caricature that you didn't need to know every policy decision, every this, every that. Like, it's much better for us to be more in the realm of fantasy. I think I was really delivering. Like, I think I've played news. Michelle Obama twice now, yep. and I just do push-ups. Yep. Like that's what I try. <laughs> that's how I sell it. I'm okay. like, <laughs> I can't do push-ups. Who has in in the course of your involvement with the show? Who's the the the, the guy or the politician that or the person that's been the most fun to make fun of? My my favorite, hands down, has been Sarah Palin. Mm-hmm. I loved doing Palin. I spun it off and did a um, a sketch show last year based off of the stuff I was doing in World News is Palin. So that, I mean, that's just any, like literally anything 
goes. And okay. you don't have to be informed because she's not informed, so it's okay. <laughs> so, what, what, so playing Sarah Palin, it, doing it and loving it, do you have to really love, there's got to be a part, of, a, a part of you that loves her. There's a part of me that was ready to vote for her uh -huh. and like keep this train rolling. <laughs> I was getting some mileage off of it and I wanted it to keep going. And my husband was finally like, that would ruin the world. And he's like, but it would be great for me. So, Do, is, Was there a part of her that you go, well, you know what? She's a little like, this part is a little like Megan. Oh yeah, for sure. Like w several parts. W which are? Like, I think that she gets tongue-tied when she's talking and so she says things that aren't really expressions but she delivers them like they are. That happens to me. Um, and also I like to uh, use like folksyisms sometimes. In your real life? In my real life I like to use folksyisms. Can you give us one? Uh, yes, I'm also a teacher and yesterday I told students who wanted candy as a reward for doing something that I don't reward my dog when he pees on the carpet, I reward him when he pees outside. Uh, and they like didn't get it and I said you just peed on my carpet and so that was my folksyism for them. You almost have a little Sarah Palin timing too. Okay. <laughs> um, now with topical humor, especially when you're dealing with death and disasters, there's this timing issue. You know, the, the, what, is, what is the comedy uh, tragedy, tragedy plus time? time. Mm -hmm. um, when is it okay to make fun of something? Well, we come across that a lot in our show because people will, it's also the whole thing when someone yells out a suggestion that's totally inappropriate and you're like, you really don't want to yeah, see that, you right? That. You like, give me an example of what they... We had like one about a kid dying on a roller coaster and like the, the answer to that that we've learned is not to reenact a kid <laughs> dying on a roller coaster, <laughs> but then maybe yeah. like taking those seeds of a scene from that so it's like, you know, a, a roller coaster or... <laughs> Or, you know, some other tragedy, well, yeah. you know, issue. But since we get the news, I mean, we, we get all that. School shootings, natural disasters, you know, shootings, anything. Like, and people, we found, like, with really big stuff, and I'm kind of at a loss for an example right now. I'm trying to think one. Sometimes people, by the time it gets to us on Saturday, if it happened at the beginning of the week, it can feel really played out to people, and they're just kind of done, and they want to break from it. I remember it was, uh, was it 2000, uh, what, what year was the tsunami? Was that 2007, 2008? Um, but I remember uh, that was. You were asking Megan, just so you know. <laughs> uh, but I remember that was, that was on Christmas Eve, and uh, I don't even think we even did a show that week, but I remember I was visiting my folks, and that happened. I remember thinking, this is going to be the, the toughest thing to come back to in Chicago to do a show where this is every single headline. And for about the next three weeks, we didn't have a single headline uh, on that topic on the board. And it, I, I don't think it's that. People, you know, ha happen to miss the, you know, that everything happened on the cover. I think it's just that uh, they're worn out by it, and they don't want to see it. Like they actually don't want to see any more about that. They've come to the show to escape that. Do you ever like, if if I was doing the show, I'd be like during the week. I hope there's a disaster, or I hope somebody goes to jail, or I hope. Do you ever hope that or wish that? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever hoped that something big happens, but I do know that there have been times where there'll be just some, someone will just say something horrible and offensive and ridiculous in a presidential race, or there'll be some just absurd law passed, uh, you know, somewhere in, in, uh, in Illinois, and that'll happen on a Tuesday, and I just couldn't be any angrier that this is going to be out of the papers by the time we get to the show. It's been wasted. So what's the perfect day for, for any news to break for you? Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Late Thursday. Late oh. Thursday. Okay. Key. But I think it's funny that I feel like we've noticed the last couple of years a decline in people are not cutting out like the front page. We're not getting that much hard hitting political stuff. It's sort of ramping up now as we're approaching an election, but like 
we get so much red eye, like it's ridiculous, like it's all like dating and what's the sexiest mixed drink to draw a man to you at a bar in Wrigleyville and like we get so much of that stuff, which is fun, it's easy to play with, but people, like I feel like in the past few years the trend has been to kind of shy away almost from the hard news. Um. The, uh, you know, Second City started out doing satirical stuff, and I, I think today they're doing less and less of it on the stages. What is, and, and, and even in, in the improv community, people are, I don't know if they're afraid of it, or why, why don't you think more people are improvising or doing sketch with the satirical stuff? I, I, I feel like people don't trust that they know enough about a topic, and I know I went into World News being a little intimidated because they were all such fantastic performers and being like, oh, like, well, but what if I don't know enough about this politician or this issue? And the truth is, you'll know something about it, and with a, the group mind, like, everyone knows enough to make some sort of comment and interesting twist on it, whatever it is. So I feel like it's a fear of not knowing enough or, or wanting to make a statement. Yeah. And I also think that you're sort of trained that you go through improv classes, you know, whether it's Annoyance or Second City or I.O., uh, to stay away from, from, uh, from topical humor, to stay away from the pop culture stuff. You know, it should always be about the scene and the relationship. But uh, people talk about pop culture stuff all the time, and I think that's part of it. It gets so ingrained in your head to avoid that as part of your work that yeah. people don't necessarily think of that. And you think you have to know a lot, and you don't. Like, all you really need is to find one kernel about someone, either a characteristic or one thing that they've said, and you can spin that into so many different things, which is, to me, more entertaining than watching like a well-crafted sketch that lays out someone's entire political platform. So let's talk about the second uh, half of the show. You guys come out and dre uh, nicely dressed. Guys are in suits. Women look really nice. Then you go back, you come out very casual, and then what happens, Brooke? Uh, then we we claim that we have solved the world's problems mm -hmm. based on our improvisation. Uh, so now we're going to come to the audience to ask them for personal questions about their own life so we can help solve their problems. So it would be things like, how do I find a job in this economy? Or should I move in with this girl who's sitting next to me at the show? What are you laughing about? <laughs> oh, th those are <laughs> that's That's literally the two examples we always use. We always get <laughs> okay. I'm doing a good job. You're doing yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you have a freeze tag introduction too? I do. I okay. do. Our two performers are right now. Okay. What is the weirdest thing that you've got? There's got to be people like that come to the to the show and ask you a question that they really want to solve. What's the weirdest thing you've gotten? The weirdest thing I've gotten was not a question. It was a guy who was like <laughs> literally jumping out of his skin to say this, and I was taking the suggestion, and he goes. You have a dildo full of cocaine shoved in your butt and you're trying to travel to Brazil. And then he like shotgunned it at me and then pulled away. And I just looked at him and I said, that's not a question. And then moved on to someone else. My favorite, my favorite was that guy that kept adding qualifiers. Yeah. Do you remember? Like he was like, should I move in with my roommate or should I stay with my roommate? Also, he kept like, just adding, yeah. but really like this defined also. <laughs> so weird. It's a rarity that we get an honest, an honest question. But when we do, those are always those the are best. The most fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to do that right now. We're going to we're going we're going to do the second half of World News tonight. And again, I don't know a kernel of of this stuff, right? 
True. Right, true. So you guys are going to carry me like all, all my guests do. Um, so uh, we will uh, carry. I, we're going to improvise. And then uh, we're going to see the second half, a, a little sample here, the second half of World News tonight. question from somebody, something about your personal life that you want us to try and answer for you. Go ahead, yeah. How do I find out how women think? How do you find out how women think? Do you find that you have a problem yes. understanding that? Absolutely. How does he find out how women think? <laughs> hey, uh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, no. Do you not see what's happening between my friend and I right now? Actually, that's what I was going to ask about. Listen, I have been at the other end of this bar, just staring at the two of you, trying to figure out what the F is going on in your brains. And I am stumped. It is driving me up the wall. It's like knowing the first half of a riddle. Listen, we were thinking that we were hoping that you weren't going to come over and talk to us. <laughs> all we've been hoping and thinking all night is that please don't let that guy in the jumpsuit come over here. <laughs> no more jumpsuits. New Year's resolution for 2020. No more jumpsuits. No more jumpsuits. Can't you tell? No, I can't. Listen, all I'm trying to do is get inside <laughs> the psyche. That's why I come to bars. That's why I sit into the bars in this jumpsuit, so I'm ready for anything. I used to dress up nice. I got so many drinks poured on me because Look, I would do things just like As best friends, we come to the bar to stare at each other and communicate telepathically <laughs> and just make plans about our lives. Mm -hmm. And we don't appreciate being interrupted, okay? Not every woman here is here for a good boning, okay? Sometimes we're here <laughs> to bond, to bond telepathically. I know. Oh. Okay, honey, I I, I packed uh, my shoes in here. Why would you put shoes in there, Tim? Could That's we... where my makeup bag is gonna go. Where else is it gonna fit? Well, you said pack a pair. You left a note on the counter. You said pack a pair of shoes. I'm putting yeah, them here. I did. I said pack a pair of shoes. Well, you don't have to yell at me. What are you not getting about this? The... Pack a pair of shoes. Not put shoes in the most inconvenient portion of the luggage. <laughs> have you never vacationed? Yes, I've vacationed. <laughs> you're just you. I you're, can't you're, even look at this. I don't even okay. want to go. Oh, honey, I don't even honey, I, we've, I've already paid for the trip. I, uh, we'll lose fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, we'll okay. I, so I should just slap a smile on my face. Fifteen hundred dollars worth. Yes, that would be really <laughs> helpful. Yeah. I just don't understand how you expect me to fit in everything I need to be resort appropriate when you are putting your shoes in the middle honey, of the fucking suitcase. Okay. <laughs> Mom, I explained this to you on our last trip. It has a zipper here, right? And then it expands. I'm not a child. <laughs> Please just place your uh, suitcase here on the x-ray belt. Just uh, send it through. There's a line behind you. Please you know, just send the you suitcase through. Lift it? There's a yeah, line I would like behind you. Just send it right I'd like you to do something. You know, know that, that you right Some of us are trying to get on the plane! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Step on through, it's okay? Step on through. I have my shoes on. Next time, step on through. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's totally all right. I'm not wearing shoes. Honey, hold up. Stop. 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 Who the hell would put shoes right there in the suitcase? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to search you and your bags. You are clearly doing something illegal here. Because no one in their right mind would put shoes there without some sort of ulterior that motive. That is what I've been saying. Amen. I got your email. Be good. I'm just gonna be around, so if anybody needs anything, okay. just gonna, don't worry about it. Just have boy time. Oh. It's no big deal. <laughs> I really like your girlfriend. Yeah, she's she's good. She's great. Um, I, I'm just gonna ask. Uh, I I need to get away from her. Okay. I need to get away. I haven't been out of the apartment in two days. I know. That's why I came here. I need a distraction. Okay. You want a snack? Does anybody want something snacky? You know what? I would. I would okay. like it's a trap. Come on, it's a trap. <laughs> Sweet or salty? There's uh, no right answer. <laughs> <laughs> How about another question? How do I do my taxes? How do you do your taxes? How does he do his taxes? Okay, so just have a seat right here. Great. Okay, uh, I got a great. couple of these. Okay. Oh, hello. Okay. I didn't bring anything, but I remember what I've yeah, said. Yeah, she has it all in her head. Yep, like that. So am I just supposed to ask you month by month what? Yeah. That's what I do, and it works. Great. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not we're paperless. Paperless. Oh, that's why right. I'm, I'm doing this we're so really you can recycle green. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is uh, this is just your scrap paper. This is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. They yeah. thought you could take notes while I tell you about what our expenses have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. Unless then, you just want to remember it and also be green, and we'll just pass it back and yeah. forth like that. We don't use toilet paper. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is information. We also I don't only go through one bag of garbage yeah. every two months. Yep. We compost in our tub. Every <laughs> do you have how many tubs do you have? Just the one. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So it's actually not a lot to remember because we don't have that many expenses. You know what our hair smells like? Uh, I can smell it from here. <laughs> we don't throw them out. No, it gives it a shine. <laughs> but we're not here to no, preach we're not to here you. To convert. Do what you do yeah. as long as you're not okay. killing the planet. Yeah. Or yourself. <laughs> or yourself. <laughs> do you make any money? Well, that's subjective. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you need. Is it? Yeah, yeah, we no, think so. We think it is. We Great. think so. Tell me about it. Well, you know, um, we sometimes give away our compost to the neighbors as well. We barter. Barter. Yeah. No money exchanges hands. No money exchanges. You might want to write that. I'm down. not writing anything down <laughs> because this is all useless information to me as an accountant. There's nothing. Well, is that information I of any kind useless, yeah. or is it power? Yeah. <laughs> I have a bumper sticker on the ball. Yes. <laughs> and your uh, refund check yet? No, I didn't. No? No refund check? No. I'm not getting one this year either. What'd you do? I'm a church now. You're a church? Yes, I am. <laughs> how, how the hell did you pull that off? Well, I have a huge ego. <laughs> I get up in the morning, first thing I do is stand in front of the mirror and bow to myself, say a couple prayers. Tell me how awesome I am. Eventually, I just started taking all my paychecks and donating them to myself, and it was like, bam, nonprofit. 
And that they bought it? Yeah. How, who are they to tell me what I believe in? That's freedom of religion right there. Wow. You know, um, I don't know if you've heard the good word. Oh God, I'm not gonna join you. <laughs> I'm not gonna join you, you. you haven't even heard my pitch? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm not gonna join you. We don't meet on Sundays. Hey, okay. are, are you open for tonight? I need a warm place to stay. Uh, no, I have people coming over to watch Battlestar. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to let people in. You don't have anywhere else to go. I want to seek sanctuary. And you. <laughs> if you want to hang out on the fire escape, you can hang out there. I'll stick to my street corner. Is that why there's a pile of babies right here? Do people keep leaving babies at you? <laughs> yeah, part of it is I have to be a safe drop spot like a hospital or a, a fire station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes? I saw your dad All those entertainment expenses? I wasn't with you for any of those. No, you weren't. We never ate at Benihana. <laughs> no, we didn't. We never went to Atlantic City. No. Who are you doing these things with? Linda. This was an easier process than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you would put up more front, but I guess apparently you wanted to get caught. Yes, exactly. You're not... Are you sorry? Are you? No. <laughs> Why would I be sorry? Why would you be sorry? Because it looks like you've been having the goddamn time of your life. All right? This reads like a choose-your-own-adventure that turned out awesome. <laughs> While I've been here, alone, thinking that you're at work, bringing home money, and but then wondering where the money is. No. No, I, I, you've been out living it up yeah. with Linda. Just like a couple of rock stars. Yeah. We had, we had a huge suite in, in Atlantic City. Great. Sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Because you don't like to travel. I don't like to travel. No. Maybe I just want to be asked to travel. I would certainly travel to a Benihana. Certainly get a car there. That's not a trip, okay? Benihana is going on for, for, for dinner. It is a cultural experience. <laughs> <laughs> See, you never want to ask me to do anything. Be because you cry when I ask you. Never ask me to oh, do don't, anything, Carol. You Carol, I'm please. So you are born, okay? I would go to Benihana. <laughs> <laughs> ask. Okay, Carol, do you want to go to Benihana? Not now. I'm upset. And now I can swear you take your whore. <laughs> Does anyone else have a question? Something we can help you solve? Yes. How do I tell my mother-in-law that she's too nosy? That's a great question. That's not where I keep my dish towels, but I think it's fine. If that's where you want to keep <laughs> yours, it's, it's one way to run a household, Susan. It sure is. This is a house to you. So it's a house. You know, when I was raising Chris, from a baby to a, a man. <laughs> I surrounded him with the finest things and the greatest opportunities. Everything was kept spotless, hot meals six times a day. You know, he only wanted to eat three, but I wanted backup in case those three weren't what he wanted. So, But I think it's good to change things up the way you have to do the exact opposite of what I've done. <laughs> Always seemed to make him happy. But, anywho, I just came to 
drop off his laundry, so <laughs> stick around unless someone's going to invite me like a civilized human being would. Um, not required, though, just suggested. I haven't acknowledged you. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Oh, thanks, buddy. It's your big day. I know. Well, it's our big day. Yes, it is. I'm proud of you. It's your father. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. I, you know, this is one of those days. I, I know that maybe you didn't think this was ever going to come. I didn't. I thought you were gay. Yeah, well, uh, so did I for a little while. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In high school and college. Your mother said, yeah, I think Carl's gay. Yeah, that, that's, that's when I thought the same thing, yeah. too. You, you know, I wish we talked about it. We were right on the same page then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to discuss it then. We don't want to discuss it now. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, want, to, I didn't want to disappoint you. Well, so, did you ever so. experiment? Huh? Did you ever experiment? And not actively, but like in my mind, yeah. Quite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I just didn't want to disappoint you, so I really just thought my way into heterosexuality. Here we are. <laughs> All right, great. What a big day. Hey, I'm gonna make me more Here's proud. my boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Such a good boy. Now you sure you're not gay? Because uh, I wish you were. No longer. No longer. You wish I was. I wish you were. You wish I was. I wish you. Were. I like you with a nice strong man. I like you with a solid man. Sarah over there, you could break her in half. You could break her with your fingers, and I don't like that. That's not trustworthy. I want you with a strong man who's going to be the outer spoon. I want you to be the inner spoon. You, you, don't, you don't approve of my, my marriage to Sarah? No, don't. No, she's a twig person. You have no, she's a person of twig. No, I don't. I want you to be gay. We just yeah. wanted to tell you now. We tried real hard to make you gay. God. You know how gay we tried to make you. <laughs> it, it, it worked until I got to college, and then there I just got indoctrinated back into heterosexuality. We feel like we failed as parents. We did. No, no, don't, don't blame yourselves for me being straight. You know, it's a, it's a choice that I made. All right. Okay, well, we will be happy to support this thing that's happening. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Your mom um, is trying to friend me. Oh, really? And I don't, I don't want to make, I don't want to make it a big deal, but I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not either. I'm not either. I, def I just defriended her last week. Um, <laughs> I just feel like I don't. It shouldn't come from me, though. Can you tell her that I'm uncomfortable with it? Because she keeps sending me notes. Let's be friends. Family can be friends. Well, she's manipulating that. She's just trying to get into it. Okay. Um, <laughs> She's probably waiting. <laughs> let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. I'm just gonna refresh it. <laughs> I just feel like there needs to be boundaries. She doesn't need to see pictures from my bachelorette party or, you know, see the things I post with my friends. Okay. Great. What did you send her? I just, I just, just defriended her. But. Did you send a message explaining the no, concerns? No, I, I, that's not how we were raised. We just, you know, if you just didn't... deliver a blow with exactly. no Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She'll understand. Yeah, but she's gonna hate me. Honey, our child's disappeared from the internet. He's <laughs> gone missing. He's disappeared from the internet. He's gone missing. Did you hear her friend? I will fresh the fuck out of here. <laughs>
Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> that was really fun. That was fun. That was really fun. There was a couple times that I was like, oh, I don't know which way to go with it, but uh, it was really, really good. Um, how did you guys think it went? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. You got, it surprised me because you played a lot slower than I thought. You know, like, mm -hmm. you do take your time. Um, the editing is quick, but, but the scenes inside are, are, are slower. Is, how, how did that develop? I think it's almost a rarity sometimes when we get to build a nice two-person scene in world news because we, you know, we are a bigger group and I think we genuinely like each other so much that we get excited to play with each other and as soon as something fun starts happening on stage, everyone's like, I want to get into that. And so when we have the gift of like a nice two-person scene building, we tend to back off and, and let it and let it go because it's not the norm for us. You know, we usually have bigger group scenes that are very quick game based, bits after bits after bits. I felt very comfortable playing with you guys, and I, I haven't played with any of you. You know, um, we're going to take some questions from the audience, uh, talk a little about your process, talk a little about world news tonight. So uh, we're we're going to go to the audience. Uh, who's got a question for yes? Well, especially in what you just did, how, many, how often do you derive characters from people you know? And how often is it just pure, came from nowhere, you didn't know what you chose? Um, uh, for, me, uh, for me, it's always kind of about the attitude. Uh, uh, and it's usually from me, yeah. <laughs> for the most part. But uh, for me, it's always sort of about the, the way the person asks the question. The person is excited about uh, what they're asking, you know, if, if, they're, if it's something they're eager about or something they're afraid of. To me, especially for that part of it, at least, I always try to copy that attitude. I love character. I do a lot of characters in in, in my in my work. In your craft. In my in craft. craft. In your craft. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, for me personally, like I find joy in deriving it from anything. Like it's it it just people you know or a seed of a intention or whatever it is. But I, I like trying to surprise myself with what comes out of my mouth. I have exactly. Four characters, <laughs> and I—you'll I, I see it soon. I'm going to debut it, but um, I use them over and over, and very occasionally do I do something different, and it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> when something new starts to like come out of me on stage, I'm like, "Where did this come from?" Um, what are the four characters? Um, I would say Southern Belle. Okay. Um, we saw that. We saw Naggy wife. We Nag saw that twice. Naggy wife with Midwestern accent. <laughs> 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 a slight variation. <laughs> child. <laughs> we did not see child. I got it. You were holding back to that. I got to get people to come to the show. I'm going to argue. argue it all I'm going to argue fifth character. Co worker. Oh, I'm a co worker. Sexually inappropriate co worker. Okay, I'm gonna add another one, Sarah Palin. Yes. Oh, that's true. Six. Okay. Man, I am. Your Palin is your Palin. Does that fall under Midwestern Housewives? Great. Well, we got time for. Yes. So, do you anticipate each other's characters? So, if you are in a husband and wife scene, do you know that Brooke will come in with mother-in-law or something to that effect, or can you count on it? I think if I'm in a husband and wife scene, you can clearly anticipate my character. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm delightfully surprised a lot. Like, I think. Because it's in the first act of our show, it's really strong initiations. Because yeah. you're really playing off of like a, a news article. So it's like you're coming in with something. And then someone else may be coming at you with something else. So you got to drop it right away. But like 
I think because you do that and then sometimes you're the other person in the scene and you don't know what you're being called out to do. You just made eye contact. Someone's got a strong initiation and you're just like, okay. Like, you know, so you don't know what they're going to respond with. There are a few characters that have like been created by people in our cast that are so much fun that we try and bring them back. A new incarnation from one of our castmates who isn't here tonight is Don Zumba, who's the creator of Zumba Dance, um, and he's a lot of fun. Not so we so Zumba. we now like find ourselves calling calling him out into stuff. So occasionally those like people strike upon those gold mines that are like that's so fun to play with. I want to get it out here and play with it. Mm-hmm. Another question? Yes. No, you're just, you're just, <laughs> just has it. Just yeah. Um, as um, I'm assuming you guys have performed in the city for a while, um, like how has improv in Chicago changed? Like as long as you've been doing it. There's yeah, more. I, I guess there's more more things happening. It's always like I, I mean I've been in Chicago for eight years, so it's a minuscule amount compared to a lot of people that have been here. So it's, it's hard to say, like, oh, <laughs> the old days. It's like, no, I can't talk like that. But um, I will say, like, I'm always pleased at, like, the initiative to open up new spaces and create new opportunities for yourself because half the journey is watching and half the journey is doing. So I think it's – that is exciting. Uh, I, for, for me, at least, I, I started – I moved to Chicago in 2001, and uh, it's only – it's sort of been something I've only noticed, even though I think it's been going on for a long time, is to sort of move from – what an improv show is, whether, you know, wherever it is, is, uh, oh, it's going to be like eight people who went through some classes together and they're going to go up on stage for half an hour and do some funny scenes. Uh, it's people who are really coming out with just very strong concepts and then uh, putting stuff behind it. It's not just, you know, renting a space or booking a slot at the playground and showing up every week. Like, there's marketing behind it. Uh, there's directing. There's publicity. People are doing press releases. Can you give me an example of a couple groups that are doing it really successfully? Uh, one group that pops right in my brain uh, is the group uh, Michael Pizza, uh-huh. um, and uh, I've only seen well, their show once, so I don't know if that speaks to marketing success or not. But, <laughs> uh, uh, every every uh, couple of years, they they do an entire new line of of just very visually striking posters that are just very uh, a lot of productions and put into a lot of efforts and put into that, and you notice them. And uh, it's not just something like oh, Michael Pizza is this show that, or you know this group that's been performing somewhere. It's like you, they have an identity, and I, even though I've only seen one show, I know very clearly who they are the second I see a poster. Yeah, I would also say two other groups that are really like kind of forming their own brand and almost, you know, taking off with it, uh, Cook County Social Club sure, that I own, and, um, and, and Improvise Shakespeare. They've been another guest? They, like, those are two <laughs> things that come to mind that they've really, like, they've found their niche, they've marketed the heck out of it, mm-hmm. they've taken it on the road, and they have... A brand that goes mm-hmm. with it. Do you think because they're a generation behind you guys? Do you think that's something coming up from the from that generation? Let's brand our our our, well, our groups. Cook County was from my. I mean, I know Cook County, and uh, they used to have a double bill with Let Them Hose Fight. Yeah, remember that? It was, was like brilliant. Awesome. Let Them Hose Fight is fantastically easy to market. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it just two hoes fighting? <laughs> no, it was. It was it was week, a yeah. bunch. It was four great improvisers. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was uh, it was Mort Burke, Forrest Hines, uh, Brandon Stormberger, and um, Andy Slowey. And, I don't get uh, the host part. Oh, it just was a name. Like let, yeah, okay. let them horse fight. Like, okay. Just let them fight. I'm too generous. Let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, let the host fight. But they they I I think that I I'm impressed by and I think Improvised Shakespeare does the same thing where it's like they really work on it. Like they. Yeah 
work super hard on that specific form so that they're very true to that style. And I think like um, like Blaine Swen said to me one time, we were, we were in a game. Blaine Swen was who's the creator of Improvised Shakespeare. We were in a gig together and we are talking and he's like, you just gotta, like, he's like, make your thing, like, do your thing and then market that thing. Like, so for him, it's like he's picked something that he can, like, be really good at and sell as, like, workshops, a product, like, but it's also, he can back it up. It's like a really good show. So, yeah. I feel like when I was coming, I mean, and I've only been here for, you know, going on 10 years, so it's not a huge span of time, but I'm a kid, (laughs) but um, I feel like, you know, when I was involved in groups, we never had someone who had, like, a business mind, like some of these groups have now, where it was all like, let's get together and we'll do this show at midnight at Mullins for a year, (laughs) and never, you know, but, like, there's groups now where people are bringing in these business skills, and they're able to take stuff to the next level, and you don't have to just sit back on your heels and wait for you know, Sharna or, you know, whoever to notice you and do something for you and move something around for you and give you a push. Like, there's people out there pushing themselves. Which is Why funny. don't you think more people do that? Because when I see, you know, you guys, uh, and I see Cook County, and I see Improvised Shakespeare, I'm just like, why don't more people do it? What, what do you think is holding them back? Um, uh, a friend of mine, Todd Edwards, uh, had a great quote. He, uh, some friends of mine had a rehearsal with him. And one of the first things he asked them before they even got up on stage was, uh, why the hell are you doing this? Uh, and it was just that question, like, if you're doing this because you want to hang out on Monday nights and do a show every couple weeks with your friends uh, for yourself, that's totally fine. But if you're going to put in the time to rehearse every week and you're paying your coach you know, uh, this much every week and you're going through trouble booking a space, what are you doing it for? And I, I feel like that's the, the big thing that a lot of these groups have sort of started asking themselves the first time is, uh, what's the purpose of this besides just hanging out with our friends and being goofy? And I think it's also difficult. You know, it's that harder extra step. Like, it's hard enough, like, finding those people that you click with and, like, being like, oh, okay, this is something I want to invest my time in. Like, this is, I really enjoy this group. But then that next step, that know-how, it takes, I mean, someone in your group really has to like doing that kind of work because not everybody <laughs> likes the production aspect of it, of the marketing and the, the putting yourself out there. And I think it's it's hard, and I think that's why a lot of people don't yeah. do it, is it actually takes more work. And it has to, at least for someone, I feel like it has to become someone's full-time job to step away and say, I'm going to put everything I have into this. And I know something that, you know, I feel like world news is very marketable, and it's such a niche, but something we've struggled with to kind of to push it into that Cook County Shakespeare level is we all have very full, busy, professional lives outside of world news and jobs that don't aren't even in you know, the performing arts, and to have someone be able to say, I'm going to take a step back from everything else and really push this show is hard, because you get to a point in your life where you've been working at something for a number of years, you know, you kind of, it's kind of like, that's almost a younger person's luxury to be able to say, I'm 22 and I don't need any money and I'm going to work on, you know, pushing the hell out of my show as opposed to, I'm 35 and kind of like having this nice apartment. Oh, there you have it. Another episode of Improv Nerd is in the can. Can you believe it? uh, I don't even know what episode. I'm going to, I would guess with the number, but I I, I feel like if I got it wrong, that I would feel a lot of shame. Okay, great. But I'm going to guess it's about 80 or 81, somewhere in there. Uh, I want to thank the cast of World News Tonight, Megan O'Neill, Brooke Bright, and Patrick Connolly. You can check out World News Tonight Saturdays at 8 o'clock 
o'clock here in the beautiful city of Chicago at I.O. Chicago. So check them out because they are definitely worth seeing. I also want to thank uh, the good people here at the Second City Training Center uh, for hosting us for this program and uh, Jason Chin for, for setting this up. I really, really appreciate that. And as always, my producer, Ben Caprero, who makes it sound so slick and so professional, uh, you wouldn't be hearing my voice without Ben Caprero. Uh, also, you figure this out, but because you're smart people, we're on feralaudio.com, which is a podcast collective. And we're not there alone. I'm going to name drop here, so, so uh, you can either uh, tune us out or you can jump on the name-dropping bandwagon. And uh, there's people like uh, Chelsea Peretti, Steve Agee, uh, Todd Berry, uh, Dan Harmon, Matt Dwyer. That's, 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 that's a pretty good uh, name-dropping for, for one session. So check that out, and that's at feralaudio.com. Also, if you want more information about me, Jimmy Corain, and my award-winning classes, The Artist Low Comedy, and the Improv Nerd blog, which I was bragging about. Was I bragging about it? Maybe I was. I was mentioning it. Get off my back. I was mentioning it at the beginning because it was pertinent to my life, and that's what I do. I talk about my life on this this podcast thing here. So go to jimmycorain.com to check out the blog. That'll help you become a better improviser. Also, would like to thank our sponsor, Hotel Lincoln. And I want to thank you for listening and all your support and the wonderful emails you send me and, and, and Facebook messages. And speaking of Facebook, don't forget to like our fan book. Our fa- I always say fan book, and I feel so unprofessional. It's a Facebook fan page. Like it. Improv Nerd. It helps with my low self-esteem. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, remember, walk. Don't run. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd, oh yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd. Hello, I'm Dave Ross. Hey, and I'm Hampton Young. And we host Suicide Buddies on Starburns Audio. That's right. It's a podcast about suicide, but not to make light of it. We actually talk about suicidal thoughts, depression, kind of with a sense of levity that Dave and I have with each other. He's my best friend. Come on. Yeah, we're buddies. (laughs) Suicide Buddies. (laughs) That's the title. One of our favorite episodes that we've recorded so far is about this guy, Jan Pataki, who was a Polish aristocrat in the 19th century. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, one of the reasons it's possible that he killed himself (laughs) is that he thought he was a werewolf. Oh. Check out a clip. It also makes me think, like, we were talking about in the Norway uh, black metal episode, how, like, just the culture of your surroundings can affect you. Like, he's in a castle in Poland. He's Like, I mean, if you lived in a castle in Poland and no one knew anything about anything, you might be like, I'm a bat. I'm probably a bat. (laughs) 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 That's like literally what happened to Batman. <laughs> he literally is in his mansion. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm a, a bat. bat. I'm a bat. I'm a <laughs> bat. I'm a, I'm I'm a bat. bat that helps people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bat that helps people. I'm a, I'm a I don't know what you want from me. And uh, my, and my a, girlfriend, she's a cat. She's a cat. My she, girlfriend's she, a cat. She steals things. She's a woman who steals things. She's a cat. I'm a bat. I'm a bat. I help people. She's a cat. We fight a penguin. My. Uh, my <laughs> <laughs>